Hello, my name is Ashi Sharma and welcome to another edition of the Sport Intern Special, a series of podcasts in which we speak to the movers and shakers within the Olympic movement. In this episode, we speak to Ingmar de Vos, the president of the International Federation for Equestrian Sport. Ingmar climbed up to the highest position back in 2014, and it was only in November last year when he was re-elected as president for a third and final term. This will see him steer the federation through the Paris Olympics in 2024. Ingmar began by telling me that the qualifiers for those Olympics were now truly underway. Our qualification process started already back in 2022, uh, where we had the first uh, team slots uh, allocated uh, during the World Championships. Uh, that we had in uh, in Denmark in uh, Herning, and this was for uh, uh, jumping dressage and, and para dressage, and then in uh, in Italy in Pratoni del Vivaro for uh, eventing. So uh, we we have already uh, quite a number of teams uh, that have uh, qualified, and I think what is uh, interesting there is that uh, we have two countries, uh, Germany and Great Britain. That already qualified in the in the three Olympic disciplines and in the Paralympic uh, discipline. So that is, I think, uh, uh, worthwhile mentioning. Uh, the qualification process continues uh, this year, of course. Uh, in 2023, we will have uh, European uh, Championships. We will have Pan American Games. Uh, we will have a, a designated uh, Olympic qualifiers for some regions. We will have again. Uh, also the final of the uh, Nations Cup that will count for qualification again of teams. So with the teams, I would say we are about halfway. And then also very important in uh, 2023, 1st of January, started uh, the uh, the Olympic rankings that count for uh, individual uh, qualification. So the qualification process is uh, fully uh, uh, in process, yes. I would say. And I'm always very curious to find out from federations which are very much in the fabric of the Olympic Games as equestrian is. When when do you as a federation begin to get excited, begin to sort of build up towards the Olympic Games? Is it too early yet or maybe that, that, that excitement, that build up has already started? I, I would say it's uh, permanently uh, on, our, on our agenda. Uh, we are constantly thinking about uh, Olympic Games. Uh, when you look at uh, the Paris preparations, they are fully ongoing. Uh, we, uh, we, we are already in the operational phase because they are already preparing in Versailles, uh, which will be, of course, an iconic uh, yeah. venue. Uh, they are already preparing the cross-country course. Uh, so all of that is in process with the planning and the, the, the venue layout and everything. So... Uh, that's really already in a in a very operational mode, I would say. Uh, regarding uh, Los Angeles 2028, uh, at uh, the end of last year, 
visit together with our Secretary General to identify a suitable venue uh, for uh, equestrian sport that also ticks uh, uh, quite a number of boxes in terms of uh, the new norm, uh, sustainability, and uh, having one venue for all the equestrian uh, disciplines together. And uh, for Brisbane, uh, we had already a visit uh, of our uh, games and, and operations di director uh, preparing already uh, to look at uh, the venue layout for, uh, for 2023, uh, 2032, sorry. So it's it's always uh, on our uh, agenda. And basically, I think uh, for us, it starts already when we have the first contact with the candidates, because when uh, these candidate bidders need to present a bid uh, to the IOC, they need, of course, to have already an idea of uh, the venues that they would like to use uh, for the different uh, Olympic sports. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fascinating that you, you mentioned the MSI. Um, mostly Paris is being very adventurous, very ambitious, organizing some of the events within the city, including, of course, the opening ceremony, which will be held outside the stadium. How much input do you have? How much influence do you have when it comes to the venue? Like, for example, with Versailles, is it something that you are 50-50 with a local organizing committee? Is it something that they tell you and you adapt around that or you kind of tell them, look, we want to be there? Well, I would say it depends. Uh, but uh, of course, in, in, in Paris, in France, we are very happy uh, to go to a country that is basically country number one for equestrian sport uh, in, in the world in terms of number of international events, in terms of number of athletes, and of course also equine athletes, the horses that are registered. Uh, also equestrian sport is sport number three uh, in, in France. So we are very uh, happy uh, to go to France and to Paris. But it is in this case, uh, when it goes uh, about such uh, iconic uh, venues like the, the the Castle of Versailles, this is something that is uh, offered by and proposed by the organizing committee. We then, of course, need to look uh, if it is possible to to fit our, our uh, sport into such a venue with, in this case, temporary infrastructure. But uh, that will be, in my view, very uh, successful. So in that case, it is really proposed uh, by the organizing committee. Uh, when we look at uh, other uh, games, uh, we we sometimes we get a kind of a selection, pre-selection of uh, potential venues, and then we go uh, to see what would fit the best. And sometimes even we propose a venue. So it's a mix of uh, all different possibilities. Yeah. I mean, with, with the Future Commission now, that decides the Olympic Games so much in advance. Do you sort of, as you say, you're constantly switched on with the Olympics. Are you looking at Los Angeles? Are you looking at uh, Brisbane? Um, I'm thinking, do you know, we'd like to have our event at this place or at that place? Is that process already in your mind? Yeah, yeah. As I, as I said, uh, uh, for uh, Los Angeles, uh, we went over there to, to look at different uh, possibilities. And I think we have uh, identified uh, quite a very uh, good existing uh, venue, which again, as I said, uh, will, uh, will, will be very good from a, a legacy uh, perspective. Can you share that venue with us? Could you give us not an idea? yet? Uh, because this is a work in process. Uh, we this still needs to be signed off uh, by the relevant parties, but uh, uh, we are very confident uh, that it will take place there. But uh, we cannot share that information for the moment. 
I, I understand that totally. Um, but, well, let's turn a little bit towards um, you as the president. You're, you're a very enigmatic, charismatic uh, leader of the Federation. And I think this is now your third and final sort of uh, stint in. Um, you came in again last November and, and again you were unopposed uh, as a candidate. Now, do you see that as a sign that the Federation members really approve of the work that you've been doing, that they really don't want to put any obstacles in your way and, and, and see you carry through your mandate? Well, sometimes I, uh, I say uh, it's probably because nobody uh, really wants the job. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think, uh, in my view, it's, uh, it's really uh, an endorsement of the work that we, and then I mean we as an, uh, as an equestrian community, have done together, uh, together with, uh, of course, the fantastic staff we have here in, uh, in FEI headquarters in Lausanne, but also with the board members, the committee members, uh, the, the all the relevant stakeholders, the national federations, the organizers, and of course, not to forget the athletes and the officials. Uh, and, and also the fact uh, that uh, we went through some difficult times in, uh, in, my, la in my last mandate uh, uh, or in my previous mandate when we were confronted uh, with uh, COVID-19 uh, EHV uh, because we had besides, maybe you know that, but besides the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, we had also an outbreak of uh, equine herpes virus, one uh, in mainland Europe, and we had to stop uh, also there all the competitions uh, uh, in order uh, to uh, to save our sport. So uh, I think uh, we have taken on the responsibility to to take sometimes very difficult measures, uh, but we have always done that together uh, to get through this difficult uh, uh, period. And I think in the meantime, even financially, it was not easy. We we managed to help our national federations, uh, our organizers, and still uh, thanks to uh, uh, kind of a risk management that we did uh, about five years ago where we tried to identify uh, what kind of a reserve we needed to overcome uh, a situation uh, of uh, one year having no competitions at all, that, that we still are financially healthy. Uh, even in these difficult times, that helped us a lot. Uh, and, and I think maybe people have appreciated uh, that. Uh, and, and for that reason, uh, I stood on a post and, and, and was re-elected. That's my personal feeling, of course. Maybe other people can give you more insight in, in this. But uh, for me, it has always been very important that we have an organization that is solid uh, and that is uh, that has a potential to overcome a, a pandemic. We never would have thought, to be honest, it would be a, a human uh, pandemic. We always were preparing for an outbreak of uh, African horse sickness uh, or or, or uh, equine herpes, but but not for the COVID nineteen. But good that we did because it was basically for us. It had the same impact. Yeah, uh, that was a that was a very uh, interesting sort of point that you raised, and I was curious to ask you about as a as a federation that that works with animals, and of course there are always those risks with these various kind of viruses that you just mentioned that can affect um, horses. Do you feel perhaps that just in the uh, sort of I suppose it's just in your in your in your systems, you are kind of a bit more prepared for something like this. Of course, no one knew what COVID you know would entail, but perhaps 
because of uh, the preparations as you always have to do worrying about equine viruses. Do you, do you feel that maybe you were in a better position, better place to deal with the COVID virus when it then hit the rest of the world of sport? Yes, I, I think so, because for us, it's something that is always pending somewhere. This is always this, uh, this risk uh, that uh, our sport uh, would be stopped uh, due to the outbreak or of one or, or another uh, disease that would uh, uh, basically limit uh, the movement of horses across borders uh, to compete in international competitions. So yes, uh, I think we, we, we identified that risk uh, uh, already a long time ago. And I cannot say you are really prepared for it, but we have looked at uh, the, the measures we need to take in order to address uh, these kind of uh, of pandemics and and of course uh, when then the COVID nineteen happened uh, we were I think a bit better prepared uh, than uh, than other uh, international sports and also from a I would say from a financial perspective because we we have created reserves that allow us to survive and still help our community even if we have uh, for a year no uh, no sports activity at all. Would you say that today, I mean, now when we look across the world of sport, things carry on as normal, it's almost like the pandemic never existed. Is there still an impact uh, that is being felt, do you feel, uh, with, with the uh, hangovers of the pandemic? I mean, we look at China, it's completely engulfed at the moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we learned a lot of lessons uh, from, uh, from COVID-19. Uh, I think the sports world has changed a lot. Uh, in, in our sport, for instance, uh, with having no competitions at all, we, uh, we started to invest uh, a lot in digital because we had no live competitions anymore. So we started to develop uh, content uh, uh, behind the scenes, uh, non-competition content. And uh, it learned us a lot because that content in the end uh, seems to be much more uh, uh, popular uh, and, and we saw our uh, digital figures uh, growing exponentially, even uh, in this uh, COVID uh, time without no competitions. Uh, besides that, I think we changed our approach. Eh? We are traveling less. Uh, we are using now uh, the new technologies like Zoom uh, in order to, uh, to reduce uh, the traveling. Um, and, and also it's a good thing because we, we reduce also our, uh, our uh, a carbon footprint uh, with it. Uh, people working from home. So I think uh, the society has changed uh, drastically due to this COVID and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's the new reality. Ingmar de Vos, President of the International Federation for Equestrian Sport. Don't forget, you can get all the latest news by subscribing to the Sport Inter newsletter produced every day, Monday to Friday. So, until next time, stay safe. <laughs>